you're listening to the Opening Statements Podcast, brought to you by Hypercat Social, the podcast bringing you real lawyers and their real stories. I'm Laura. I'm Rebecca. I'm producer Evan. And this week, our guest is John Gracia, an attorney specializing in death and estate planning. John is a graduate of DePaul University and a partner at Shulton Ward, Turner, and Weiss. Yes, and today, his most prestigious honor, Mm -hmm. he joins the Opening Statements Podcast. Court is now in session. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. welcome. (laughs) What a polite show. Right? It's going to get weird. Um, Okay, so just kind of basic stuff first. Let's figure out who you are and how you got into this career you have chosen for yourself. So tell us your backstory. Yeah, so I don't think that I ever had any inclination of being a lawyer as a child, even part-time as an adult. Um, So (laughs) I don't know that I would be in this position had I not met my wife. Oh, okay. Wives change lives, you know? That's right. It rhymes, so it must be true. (laughs) Put on a (laughs) t-shirt. So flashback to, I don't know, 2009, 2010. So I graduated college in 2004, graduated with a degree in journalism, and worked I didn't do anything with that degree. Um, so <laughs> Most I had people a, don't. Right, exactly. So I had a, I had a, a sales job, and um, right around, yeah, I guess it was right during the recession. I bought a house. I met my wife a week later, um, and I was doing I was doing pretty well at this sales job. But for some reason, she detected that I was unhappy. Right, like within a week. No, so this was probably. <laughs> I, was like, I see you. What does she unhappy. do for a living? You're the one, but you are miserable. Yeah. Right, right. She's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, go back to school, maybe be a lawyer. She was like, let's do it. I've always wanted to be married to a lawyer. <laughs> right. Sounds great. So, what does she do? Uh, she is a consultant, so she's an industrial engineer. Okay. Oh, so she's good though at like, like telling we... people what to do too. That, that's, <laughs> you know? that's right. Like, yeah. Systems that's and processes, thing. those yeah. sort of things. Yeah. yeah. She's just fixing your broken systems. <laughs> that... <laughs> that's a anyway. good way to put it, and she still does to this day. There you go. Um, so you know, I'm like, well, what 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 do you do to go to law school? Um, so you find out you take this test, the LSAT, which mm-hmm. I did zero prep for. I just took it to see how I would do. Um, and I didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've had so many attorneys who are like, oh, yeah, I took it on a whim and did like super well and crushed it. Yes, yeah, so I decided so, I'd become a lawyer. Yeah, I I'm appreciate like, oh. that. that yeah, I, I, I have no issue saying like I, I, I didn't do well. So <laughs> I could have taken it again. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was 27, 28 years old at the time, had a full-time job and you know, really, it was just, we'll see what happens. So I get my exam score, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I've been in Georgia my whole life. Like, where do I go? So I applied to John Marshall Law School in Atlanta. So I got in. Hey. Yeah, right. But I applied to John Marshall in Chicago. There's another one. You accidentally <laughs> applied to the- Yeah. So no, I, oh, I have a friend He's like, I got that. in. Uh, Chicago. <laughs> I have a friend who applied to the Ohio State University, which is different than Ohio State. Uh, or, yeah. Ohio? No. It's, no way. No, like, no, no way. Hang so. on. I'm mixing this up. There's like, it's like a University of Miami or something that's like, like in, Ohio. Of Ohio. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, he was like, oh, uh, this is in. Oops. Yeah. The cold. It's like going yes. to like Georgia State when you meant to go to like University of Georgia, but you went to Georgia State University or something. Kind of. <laughs> you know, yes. maybe. At what yeah. stage I, did you realize you applied? Yeah. You got into a school like, in a you, state that. 
you as soon as I got the letter in the mail. And you got you saw it was postmarked Chicago. Like, wow, this is great. All right, so I can go somewhere. This, this doesn't look right. I had no idea there was another one. It said Go Bears at the bottom. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, ironically, around that time, uh, my wife was getting recruited by a company. And you in were Chicago. married at this time. No, we weren't married okay. at this time. Okay. So, you know, we, we weren't even engaged. Um, so she was getting recruited by one of the big three consulting firms that was in Chicago. I said, well, what else is, what else is in Chicago? Right. So I started looking (laughs) around and, um, I applied to the school I went to, DePaul. Um, and then a year went by. So I deferred because I was, I was making pretty good money. I was like, I can't leave right now. Um, so I don't know. A year later, I was like, "Screw it, let's let's give it a shot." You know, whatever. Um, so I enroll in school at I think I was thirty um, in a in a city I've go for it. You know, had only visited right, so I didn't know what it was like to live there. And living, living there is very difficult. It's very different as, than, as you know. than visiting. Yeah, yeah. Visiting so, is how they get you. Um, you know, you go, go to school and. Even after graduation, I was like, I don't know if this is the right thing for me. I don't know what I want to do, but I know I don't want to live here. Um, <laughs> so the house that I purchased right before meeting my wife mm-hmm. – oh, and by the way, we got married my third year of law school. Okay, so okay. Um, the house that I purchased had – In Chicago? No. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what's funny is we – it was – First semester, 3L year, we got married here in the North Georgia mountains. Mm -hmm. So we literally drove down on like a Friday. I mean, the wedding was planned. It was a nice wedding. Got married, stayed Sunday, started driving back up to Chicago on Monday. Man, you drove I had class on Tuesday, dropped her off the airport in Nashville. She hopped on a, a plane to, you know, go see her client. Never took a honeymoon. So it was like business as usual. Yeah. Um, wow. It was just like a weekend trip. Like, I can get married. Sort of, on yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> We've got this weekend vacation and... with all our friends and family. It'll be, yeah. it'll be great. Um, so anyways, um, the, the house that I bought before, before I moved up there, I had a tenant in there the whole time. And coincidentally, their lease was ending like right when we were going to come back. Hmm. Um, you had a lot of like fate in your right. life, right? Yeah, I yeah. sort of walked ass backwards into a lot of different yeah. things. That's one way of saying um, it, yes. <laughs> you say fate. Yeah, right, yeah, right. right. Um, so anyways, yeah, we, we come back and, you know, because the decision was so late, because I, I, I had a job offer in Chicago um, doing something that I would have miserably failed at. It was like medical malpractice stuff, like okay. totally not my thing. Um, so we came back. I missed the deadline to sign up for the to take the bar exam here in Georgia, so I had to wait until the next time in February. So you know, I come back and like I don't I don't know lawyers. Like none of my friends are are lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I really just sort of hustled, right? Like I was trying to work for free, um, you know, just try to find something right to keep me busy while I'm waiting for my bar results. Um, so I worked for a couple of solo practitioners, and eventually moved into the, 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 not my current firm, but my prior firm, developed a, a really good book of business while I was there and moved on to where I'm at How about a year ago. How did you get into like the estate planning side of things? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because like I've never met anyone who said, yeah, I went to law school to work with death, Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it just, <laughs> it just sort of found me, I guess. Um, you know, I was working for a solo practitioner who did 
a lot of fiduciary litigation. Mm -hmm. So he was doing will contests in probate court. Um, so that's not the direct answer to your question, but he also did some, you know, estate planning. So there's a difference. There's estate planning and there's yeah. estate administration. Uh -huh. So planning is before you die. Mm -hmm. Administration is after. Right. So he was doing a little bit of both, and I kind of just learned it while I was there mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sort of kept that skill with me. Now, the next firm I went to didn't do any of that stuff. Um, I was there to do business transactional work, which I, I really enjoy that more than anything else. Interesting. But along the way, you know, they would get some calls. Hey, we we need this probate work or maybe we need a will. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. Um, next thing you know, I've got over 100 estate administrations throughout the state of Georgia. And my phone won't stop ringing. So Oops. It, it worked out. It worked okay. out. Well, holy moly. Do you think like your journalism degree helped with – because, I mean, a state is a lot of like contract stuff, like right? And, stuff. and so journalism is a lot of writing and reading. Yeah. I like to think that it, it helps me with writing contracts for, mm -hmm. for business stuff, you know, like co complex contracts. Love a complex contract. Yeah, Add right. in all your lawyer words, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not joking. We yeah, really do it. enjoy those. You know, <laughs> I do love to write. And I think that um, in a perfect world, I would sit in an office and I would, I would just hammer out like long briefs. Um, but that's just not – it's not practical, right? So the next best thing for me is, is contract work. Um, but – Specifically, as it relates to wills and trusts, they're generally based on you know templates, right? I mean, you you, you fill in the things that are <gasps> you know appropriate to your clients. Wow! And then you charge four <gasps> hours to fill in a template. It's that easy. Yeah. It's is that it that easy. Rebecca or Laura? Let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if if I had to start from scratch to write one. That would take forever. I could probably do it, but yeah, it would. Uh, but why? Why reinvent be... the wheel? Right. Exactly. It's not cheating. It's using your resources wisely. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. That's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did have to write a uh, sort of a brief uh, for for a probate matter recently, and like I really enjoyed that. Um, but it's it's something that just doesn't happen very often right. in, in what I do. Now explain probate. Yeah. So probate. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't even know what that meant when I became a lawyer. Same. Um, and I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. So so probate court is the court that oversees um, the transfer of assets that are owned by somebody who's deceased. Okay. So, for example, if you pass away with an asset that's only in your name, mm -hmm. meaning it doesn't have a joint account holder or a joint tenant or a transfer on death beneficiary – yeah. It, it has to go through court after you die in order to legally change hands. So, okay, real life example. Say I do die. Like my house. You're is going in, to. I promise. Well, hopefully like <laughs> Who way knows? down the road. That's right. And I – because I don't have um, anything planned for death. So I have a lot of real world examples that I need to know about. If I die, my house is in my name, not my husband's name, just my name. Then we have to go to probate and figure out you what do. he does, I guess. you don't have a will, right? Like I don't have a will that says everything go. goes to him. That's okay. If you don't have a will, it still has to go through probate. It has to go through probate court whether you have a will or whether you don't okay. have a will. The rule, so if the, I die on my way home today, is that going to be a lot of trouble for him? Could be. Depend it, it largely depends on the county in which you reside. Okay. And that sounds strange, but yeah. the larger counties in Georgia, you know, Fulton, DeKalb. I'm Cobb. Cobb, Gwinnett. 
they are very slow because they have a lot of a lot of matters just because they have a large pop, larger population. Um, so in your example, um, do you have any children? I do, too. Okay. So your house would be split between your husband and your two children equally. Oh. Are, there, are your children minors? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they sure are. So it would take a little bit longer because the court's going to appoint uh, a guardian ad litem to make sure that their interests are protected. Um, and your house is going to be split up three ways. And that would be the same even if she had a will? No, no, no. If she had a will that said, I leave everything to my husband, then it would go directly to him. Girl, get on that. I know I need to. My mom gets on to me. She's like, you and Josh cannot travel together because you could both die. And then what happens? Wait, I don't. But uh, how, does it, how does it get to probate? So he, like if I die, like how do you like, know? Right. And I get, I get people that come to me all the time. They go, I've never done this before. And it's like, well, yeah, that's a good thing, right? Because right, right. if you have, people around you are dropping like flies. Exactly. Or your friends trust you and they've named you as executor in their will. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what he would need to do in that situation is you know, he would fill out a petition mm-hmm. for what are called letters of administration to be appointed the administrator of your estate. Um, it's it's very formulaic. It's uh, it's not rocket science, right? I mean, it's a it's a it's a form that the court has, um, and he just you know writes in who the heirs of the estate would be. Uh-huh. Um, it gets tricky if, God forbid, you had a child that had predeceased you that had children, because oh. then that grandchild would step into the shoes of your deceased child. Oh. So, okay. Yes, it, it, and I've I've got some where we go back five or six generations. Wow. Um, so we're literally like trying to find people all around the United States. Um, it it can be a pain sometimes. Is it generally like just talking about like to us, if Rebecca, God forbid, tra- tragically passes away? No, we need to pick a different example. Okay. And I was like, pick somebody else. Right. If somebody random, <laughs> not named Rebecca, uh, <laughs> randomly passes away. And they have the house, and it's like a very similar situation, but not the exact situation, uh, because that would be too sad. Um, it, it's pretty apparent that like her husband would take the house to all of us, right? Is it when it gets to probate? Is it often the case where it's like, oh yeah, the husband should have the house, the kids are minors, it makes sense, or does it usually go into a lot of deliberation and like? Because like, my get... parents come into the picture and be like, yo, right? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, no, because your parents don't have standing. To you know, basically assert anything because they're not an heir of a closer degree okay. than your husband and your children. Gotcha. Um, I guess what you're, a- I think what you're asking is if if the husband just takes all the assets for himself instead of distributing to the the children, mm-hmm. is that an issue? Yeah, it, it is an issue. You're not supposed to do that. So well, sure, but is it? It's with the idea that he'll distribute them to when the children. When he dies, yeah, right. When he dies, yeah. It's not the way the that's not it's not right, the way the law. Yeah, yeah. 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 So what would happen is, you know, the children's interests would probably sit in a custodial account until they become adults at eighteen. Um, now, we're talking about a house, right? Uh-huh. So that's not that's not cash that can go in this right. account. So, to split that into three. So they'd you. they'd be on the deed for the house. You know, the administrator's deed that gets recorded. That would be co-owner. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, boo you've had your first house. <laughs> Forever. Oh, baby's first house. Right. And is that like also – so because you said if there was a will in place, obviously that would solve things. What about the cases where people have like a will but maybe haven't updated it since like <laughs> they got married or something? Like does that – do you find those – is that something that would go to probate too where it's like – this will is obviously old. They're married now with children. It should go to the wife and the kids, not 
Not what's in the will. Not brother Greg. Not what's in the will. If that is the most recent valid will that's in place, it's the one that would have to go through probate at that point. And so then it would be like, so, and that happens a I've lot, right? Because you, you have you have children, and mm-hmm. somebody says, "Hey, you need to get a will together," right? Yeah. And, and then twenty years go by, and you pull this thing out of a drawer, and you go, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know these people anymore that I named as guardian of my children." Yeah. Um, so it's time to update it. That would be scary. Yeah. That's also another big thing because that's what we did when we because we had that situation where we laughed because my husband had was had assets and stuff before we had ever gotten married. And so his will left everything to like his nieces and nephews. And then we got married. We have our own things, businesses. And I'm like, I need to be on this. Yeah. Like, and no. our own kids. Yeah. And our own kids. Um, but it, where was I going with this piece of it? Don't know. Um, I don't know. I had a really good part of you it. You did. You had a really good point. Either way, they had basically told us, though, the similar thing, like it needed to get updated or I would have to go to court against the family members to yeah. try to prove. Yeah. So if he left stuff to a niece and nephew, they could, you know, really put their feet in the ground and say, no, like this this will clearly it's says Senate. this asset goes to us. Now, you as a surviving spouse could petition for something called year support, um, which is only available in Georgia. And I think there's something similar in one other state. Wow. But essentially, it's, it's designed to put a surviving spouse or a minor child in the position that they were in in the year preceding the spouse's death. So what that means is in your situation, you could say, no, like, I don't care what the will says. Like, I'm entitled to this. And it's the burden would be on them to fight it, to object yeah. to it. And you would get, you know, some unsecured debts set aside and real, you know, real estate tax break for the next year. So there are other benefits to it. But it's just for a year? Yeah. Interesting. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned like naming a guardian. So again, I have kids. So we did all of that. What are some things that people should know about what it means to be named guardian? Because I feel like I put a lot of pressure on the people that I named guardian. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I don't know if I would do this like in reciprocation. I don't want to be. Did you talk to him about it before? We did. So? We did okay. ask for permission, but you know, you didn't really to, go like, over the finer points. <laughs> You right. know, I'm like, you love me, right? You love me? You love Joe? You love us? Yeah? Okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> no, no, we did talk about it. But yeah, because there was even like two different parts because they're like related to like guardianship of the children and then I think it's executor of the estate. But you know, whomever like, yeah, mm. decided like who got the money, went and handled all yep. of that stuff. But I was wondering, yeah, like what else does that entail for them? Like what other burden did I put on like, can you have Their a stipulation shoulders. in a guardianship? Like, for example, well, this is probably a bad example because, like, legally I don't think you can do it. But, like, if my guardian lived in another country or lived in another state, let's say, and I wanted to make sure my kids could be raised, like, where they're raised right now and go to the same schools, like, can you have a stipulation that that guardian, like, move? Moves their whole life? I don't know. I'm asking. You can put it. You put whatever you want in there. Right, but it, they don't have. I don't to. think then I, you're I, dead. I, I've never seen that situation come up, but I couldn't see a court compelling somebody to pick up their life and move to another state. The, the more practical answer would be the kids would probably go to live with with that person. Now, if the will was governed by Georgia law, there would be a, you know a, a hearing to qualify that guardian. Um, oh. but I don't know that you know necessarily they're going to force that that person to move here. Oh, so in Georgia, they qualify the guardian? Well, I mean, you know, you, you, the the document has to be authenticated. Yeah. And, you know, the court is going to want to 
hear from other blood related heirs, you know, to make sure that they are, you know, okay with that guardian and don't have any objections to oh. it. It's not like, you know, the, the, the guardian takes the, the will to, I, I don't know, social security office or whatever. That's kind of what says, I thought. Hey, they just listen. pick up the kids from no, the No, they're going to they're gonna office, have to, they're going to have to have you know, <laughs> like yeah, where they're right. viewing my <laughs> body. They're just like, Hey, it's funerals over. Let's go. <laughs> right. And I say all that. I, I've never had that come up. Like I've never, cause the estates that I do are, are not typical. They're not, it's not, you know, simple will with, mm. you know, a couple of kids, not there. Mine aren't that cut and dry. So I've never had that situation, but I, I suspect that's what would happen. What would make it more, what are different ways that can make a will or an estate more in depth than just less I, cut and dry? <laughs> yeah, less cut and dry. So I'll, I'll tell you where I get the bulk of my referrals from. Um, I get them from residential real estate investors. So, they will somehow identify a property that they want to buy mm-hmm. that is still owned by somebody who's been dead for several years. Mm-hmm. And in order to legally transfer that property and do the closing, it has to go through probate court. So what happens a lot of times is you know, I'll, they, they will somehow identify somebody in the family and get in touch with them and say, hey, listen, um, I want to buy this property that's owned by your grandmother. Put them in touch with me, and then it's like a fact-finding mission. It's like, okay, was this person married at the time of death? Did they have any kids? Are those kids still alive? If they're dead, did they have kids? I Where see. are those kids located? Yeah, because like, who would have inherited this property? Like, who are you supposed to be who's, talking who's to? The, who's who the, actually kind of owns it now? That's right. Exactly. Um, I have one right now where the – and I, I didn't even think it was real when I saw it, but the death certificate says the, the, the owner of this house died in 1959. 59? How does the house still exist? Like, who's paying for it? Somebody's paying the taxes on it. That's what I'm saying. Like, who's paying on it? That's Well, it's paid off. Like, there's no but, mortgage. But, but yeah, the taxes. Be, yeah. So I think Or an that, HOA, maybe. Yeah, uh, there's no <laughs> HOA here. Um, so that's, that's, I think that's another way that these real estate investors figure out who's involved because tax records mm-hmm. don't necessarily denote ownership. So they'll see who's on the tax records, figure out a way to get in touch with them, and then they go, oh, yeah, this is my grandmother's house. I'm keeping it alive by paying these taxes. Well, do you want to sell it? Interesting. Well, here's what you have to do. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, tax it, records. Okay, so but then so then you have to do the investigative work of figuring out because it's probably not as cut and dry as just pulling the tax no, bill no. <laughs> and saying, "Oh, okay, Bob's paying on right, it. Let's yeah. call Bob." In that You're in like that example, and meing like a whole family tree. Kind I of. I was gonna ask that. Like, <laughs> do, does he use like twenty three and me in like your research? Do you have some kind of? There's a there's a company called Air Search, and I think they're in San Diego or Seattle. They're somewhere on the West Coast. I have hired them a couple times. Um, because, you know, they'll figure out the family tree somehow and they'll, so in that example I gave where, you know, the decedent died in 1959, um, I think she had eight children. Wow. All eight children are deceased. Oh, that's sad. And, the, well, and then all eight children had multiple children of their own. So like, you know, yeah. it starts here and then it spreads way Do you out. go by like the, the, old, sorry, the oldest child first and then go through their kids? No. Yeah, no, it, just, it doesn't you matter. get to the next. No, it's just so in 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 Georgia it's, you know, first you look to see if they're married. Uh-huh. At the, this is at the time of their death. So if there's no spouse, children, yeah. No children, parents, 
Oh, then you go back up you to the top. You go back up. And then okay. you go sideways to brothers and sisters. Oh. oh, so grandkids. But you only really get you only get there if they don't have if they never had any of those people. So, for example, what if they're adopted. Like if I was if I was single, without children, and I and I well, they're, passed, yeah, they're still a person. Yeah, if they're legally adopted, that counts. So it would go to the legal family, though. Like they would just be. Yeah, they're not going to go dig up like your birth parents. But maybe what the birth parents had a child that they had adopted out. Like, the child doesn't inherit it. No. Yeah. What, 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 so the... Wait, so you're saying... Back up. Like, you're wondering say, if... Uh, say, yeah. Grandma May, who died in 1952 on this property, mm-hmm. she had one... Two childs. Two children. One died, yes, that we know of, but one was adopted mm-hmm. out. Someone Do else. we still go after that child? No, it's not legally hers. Who adopted the child? Oh, my gosh. Frank like, and Joe. Okay, let's say not... The, just the deceased... No, no, like oh. she got rid of it. It was the well, ninth baby. Yeah, she was a biological child that has been adopted by someone else. By yeah, someone by else. Someone Did they have any sort of legal right or no. recourse? I don't think so. Yeah, surely don't think so. not. Unless you found out that you were like adopted out from like the Biltmore family, then bet I'm trying to go to yeah, court. I'm gonna <laughs> make an effort at least. Oh, if I found out, I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving, a, but like, who would have thought that much? Kind of like, I know, because I was really the mindset of like, oh, I've finally updated my will. I've named X, Y, and Z executor of my estate and guardian of my children. I didn't even think about the fact of like George is still like verifying that who I named. Mm-hmm. So like, somebody else in the family could be like. Mm-mm. I think I should have the kids. Yeah, but they're going to favor who you would. Who I will. chose. Yeah, like unless it was like a good, like I picked a really your, bad. It's the hand from the grave theory, right? You're yeah. still controlling your affairs, and they, the court gives that a lot of. Uh, a lot. Okay. Yeah. So like, even if you picked like a friend to do it, mm-hmm. and the family was like, "No one told me about this. This is baloney." Yeah. Yeah, they, the, the, that, they would be – unless they you know, they come into court and they're, you know, have substance abuse issues or right. they just have a history of being, you know, bad to children, yeah. then, you know. Yeah. Is there any, like, crazy, random, off-the-wall, like, Georgia law stipulations that are still in effect that – like, what would be a good example good of question. one? Good you know, like, question. like, you cannot walk your giraffe in public. Yeah, like that thing. You know? So the one that um, – I don't I, – I think it's interesting. You could make a will at age 14 in the state of Georgia. I'm sorry, what? 14. Why? What do you? I've, what does your fourteen-year-old self have? My I, I magazines and <laughs> end no of list. Those. Oh. <laughs> no one wants them. Oh, your answer is why somebody would make a will at fourteen? An Xbox um, controller. Is it because they can have kids? So I, I think uh, I, I don't know. I've never looked into it. I think the law goes back to that. It used to be the age of marriage. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm wondering. Yeah, um, like but still on you know on the what's called the self-proving affidavit on the final page of a will. Um, you know, it, it, it says for the witness to swear that, you know, the person was of sound mind and that they were over 14 years of age, okay. which is kind of strange to me to even read that. But like a 14 year old has a sound mind. <laughs> yeah. So I, okay. yeah. I of 14 years of age and sound mind bequeath this good Charlotte CD to you. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I love good Charlotte. Yes. <laughs> you do. I really do love good Charlotte. <laughs> Um, okay, what would you say would be like the craziest case that you've had or the craziest situation? I know you said you deal a lot with like these real estate investors. Right, real estate. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, but like what's the most interesting case you've had? 
So they all have their own wrinkle. Um, even the most basic, you know, estate administrations, I'd say everyone's got something weird that I, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. But I think the strangest one, or the most interesting one that I've ever dealt with involved. Um, so my client was living in a house that on the deed still had his deceased mother and his deceased stepfather. Okay. So the house was literally split into 50-50. His mother had passed several years prior. Um, Stepfather died right a couple weeks before I got the, the matter. Okay. The deceased stepfather made a will about two weeks before he passed, leaving Strange. leaving everything to his 80-something-year-old girlfriend. Stop <gasps> it! Mm-hmm. Tell me everything! Yeah. And the will was... It was, it was valid? Le- it was valid. There was really nothing I could do How or old he was could he? do to object. He was, he was in his late 80s. Huh. The stepfather. Did he have the a sound mind? Yeah, but it was... Yeah. Right, and that's... One of the things that, you know, by the way, a will is very hard to overturn in the state of Georgia. Okay. Um, you know, there's there's not, you know, as long as you, even if you have, you know, dementia, but you have a moment of clarity and that mm-hmm. can be verified by the witnesses that are there, it's sure. probably going to be okay. Um, so anyways, I didn't think the will could be overturned. So we moved to plan B, which was, hey, you, you own half of this house through your mother. Okay. Through your biological mother. Um, so as we were administering the biological mother's estate, the girlfriend of the stepfather got acknowledged as the executor of his estate. So that becomes dueling estates. Um, but she wasn't your normal elderly lady. She was coming, showing up with the cops to the house he was living in every single day. 80 years old. Um, she was like taking pictures um, she filed an eviction action. She no. sounds like an 80 year old girlfriend. Yeah. You know? Karen, yeah. yeah. So but. I had to go and like get this eviction and I don't do eviction, but I had to get this thing dis- dismissed because I was like, you don't own the house lady. Like you, you own a, may own a portion of it. Um, and then she died. Oh, oh, oh well, karma. Yeah. So karma meet Karen. But then so, did, did it go, did her half problems. go to her? Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Was it like a mother like daughter? It's like a kind spider web. So her daughter steps in as the successor executor of my client's stepfather's estate. Which I say stepfather, he raised him. I mean, it was like his oh, dad, he just never adopted. That's just him. really sad then. It was a very sad situation and you know, it went on. Was and, he and, crazy? Like I mean, you don't have the heart to give your kid you raised this and you give it to your girlfriend. I believe they got a life insurance benefit. Um, I say they, him and his sister, my client and his sister. Uh-huh. So it's not as if he completely ignored like he them. He got something. Okay. But still. But I don't know that the planning was there to where, you know, he sat down with an attorney and the attorney said, hey, you know, this is what let's, this let's is. talk about this for a minute. Um, so. Sad story. Um, they couldn't come to an agreement. The, the, the court ended up forcing the sale of the house. Um, my client really wanted to stay in the home. Um, but, yeah, that was a wild one just because, like, every couple of days I'd get a call. She's back. You oh, know? my gosh. And you're like, I'm sorry. So is that kind yeah. of the solution the court finds? Like, if, if both sides can't come to an agreement, you just sell it and then 
I guess you divide, vote, divide the, asset. the asset of that. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and like it was special for my for client because and this is the worst part. It was a house that his mother purchased with an inheritance she received. Oh. Um, oh. So like I, I, I didn't really like the result of that one. Is there any – like could could he rebuy it? Well, say, could he have not bought her out of it? Like I know it would not have been – We explored Right? That. Like in yeah. the, like his own head. Like my mother paid for this house. Oh, no. He wanted to. But like, like would she just not sell it to him? Yeah. It's more of a financing issue than okay. anything else. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. That is unfortunate when you think about it. Like, just get a will. Talk S- to a lawyer. Seek a professional. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just buy go the template. All the, <laughs> go through all the things that could happen about it. I've got another one right now where the, the deceased made his own will. Um, and it, it is very, very, very ambiguous to the point where I just said, Judge, tell me how to read, how this reads. I don't know what to do. Um, so we've we've got a hearing on that in a couple of weeks. And I can't really talk about that one yeah. too much. But yeah. um, is that like where Oh, but you could write your I guess you really could. Oh yeah. Like on the back of a napkin and if yeah. it's written. But how do you like find it? Like how do you verify it was like so say I wrote on the back of the napkin, what if I had a will like I do? And then on the back of a napkin on my deathbed, I'm like, screw all y'all. I leave it my all mind. to my eighty year old boyfriend and I <laughs> sign that. As long as you have two independent, disinterested witnesses. So I'd have to get, like, Betty and Bertha from the nursing home to sign off on it. I don't have a will, but Josh and I went to a football game and left my kids with my mom and dad. And she's like, like, write something on a piece of paper in case you get in an accident that says, I get the kids. And I'm like, that's a great idea. But no one signed it as a witness. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, I didn't do that. But my mom used to make me do it for medical care. Like, I would have to leave a note for my mom saying, like, she has... Medical, which actually has come into play because when – so every time I would leave any of my kids at the time, I only had the one. With my mom, she would always ask me to write a letter saying that, like, Lord forbid something happened. She, she could make decision. medical decisions on my kid. And I would always say, like, she has to keep my kid alive. Not that my mom would never not keep my kid alive, but just want that in writing. You know, like, just keep the kid alive. I don't care what she does. You can ask my mom. She can do it. And it did. It came in handy because my mom was actually across state lines with my oldest daughter when she was an infant. And she had gotten into my grandmother's medications and had eaten it all oh. and ended up getting hospitalized for it. In Alabama? And it, you yeah, in, that in South, thing? Carolina. Um, South Carolina. But it was, it was a nightmare because I was on like the state like Medicaid at the time. Yeah. And then it was in South Carolina. But my little letter, like, I had to send it like that. I ran the whole wide land. Because they were like argue, like Georgia's like Medicaid, I think was arguing having to pay for the services in South, in South Carolina, Carolina because everything was in my mom's name for taking the baby. And I'm like, oh my god, it's a baby. Like, Just to keep the baby. It's alive. a baby. She done <laughs> eight heart medication and diabetes medication. Like, <laughs> <laughs> keep her alive, <laughs> right? But yeah, so we do it still to this day. I write notes. Anyone who has my kids. I write them notes to please keep alive, <laughs> but they can make medical decisions if it's my mommy. <laughs> you just photocopy it and just resign yeah, it every time. Yeah. How often should you reevaluate your will? I always tell people every three years um, or anytime there's a life-changing event. What about like a new kid being added? Yep. It's a life-changing it, event. Do you want to like change it though, <laughs> or you're just like it says I leave it to my? I mean, you kids. need to add we'll that other kid into it. I don't think you don't have you to. Do. You, usually, it'll it'll say you'll define children as oh. the name children and any children subsequently born to or oh, adopted by. I think mine says it yeah. says something about like in case Laura goes crazy and wants to have more children, they're yeah. all included <laughs> in here, not just the first three. That's right. Yeah. 
But, you know, purchase of a large asset, receiving an inheritance, certainly a divorce. You want to take a look at your will. Um, That's like a new job. Would that be like a, you know, Uh, would you count that as a life? Like maybe maybe if you were receiving stock. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Maybe if you were receiving stock. Yeah. Okay. What things would you want to be wanting to be looking for? Because like you having a new kid may not change anything unless maybe like the guardians I had chosen. I'm like, oh, these people cannot handle four babies. (laughs) (laughs) Could you split the kids up? I wouldn't. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Obvious reaction to that. I think one of the more important ones is if you acquire property in a different state, you would want to update your estate plan. Mm. And I would do a trust in that case uh, because what will happen is you'll have to do probate in the state you're domiciled. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do it in the state where the other property is oh. located. So you get double probate, double you know attorney's fees and time. Um, so to collect those assets, you could be looking at you know maybe a year, uh, if wow. not more. Yeah. Huh. Is there like a database? That of like, is so complicated. It is so complicated. It is. Is there like a database for like someone's died and you may have inherited something? <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes. I know there's a database for, like, <laughs> lost Social Security money or whatever. Like, you can put in your Social Security number and it'll say, like, oh, if there's, like, at, like yeah. money is assigned to you from, like, an old 401k well, or something. Well, yeah, like, in the situation where you had that client come to you and you had to figure out, like, who's paying the tax on the house. Like, if he has siblings, they are obviously all entitled to part of the house, right? So, but you may not know that. Yeah, I like, mean, how do you know if Aunt Wanda died and left you a bunch of stuff and you just haven't, like, talked to Aunt Wanda in a minute? And you didn't know no she left you. you the boat? I'm unaware of a database that, you know, lists people's assets. But I do know that there is a, nas- a national life insurance policy locator. Oh. Um, mm. I, I forget. It's, I think it's a nonprofit. And I, you know, to be perfectly candid, I don't, I don't know if it's 100% legit. But I've signed up and I've searched names and I've found stuff. <gasps> um, and then you just verify it. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the um, – I know what I'm doing. <laughs> un, un, unclaimed assets portion. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So after a certain amount of time, I think maybe five years, it uh, as cheats to the state. Um, and I don't, I don't have a clue how those procedures work. But I have walked out of the courtroom and I've seen stuff pub, you know, posted there for, you know, unclaimed assets. So. Uh-huh. Interesting. Here's something I'm curious about. Obviously, when we talk about assets, there's like cars and houses and things like that. But what's a strange item you've seen, like itemized saying, "No, no, no, my like no, this specifically. This is going to John." I was, I was hoping, I was hoping somebody would ask me this question. Yes, I love that answer already. Um, I had somebody uh, make a trust a few years ago, and he left a secret barbecue sauce to a member of his yes. family. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Did awesome. he really? Yeah. Did he, like, make money off of it? Or no? Like, he's just like, this is the family like the recipe. Family recipe. So Everybody knows awesome. recipe. Family recipe, as far as I know. And um, nephew Nick is going to be the one to inherit it. And he didn't, he didn't put the recipe in the document. He just said where it was located in, that the, in the house. That is legit. Oh, my gosh. I love that. What if you could do that, but then make it like a scavenger hunt? Yeah. You know? Like, it's like, it may be located in the front attic's crawl it's space. scavenger hunt for every And then they go there, and then it's like... Every ingredient. I mean, I That's take a scavenger better. hunt to another level. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing we've done scavenger yeah, hunts yeah. And, and they don't pass. So on that path, like, have you seen a wild clause to an inheritance? Ooh. Like, so and so can only inherit this if they do this. 
Or like can jumping jacks in a handstand? Yes. Like you can't have this money unless you give me a child, even though I'm dead. There are oh. a lot. A lot of times there will be something in there. You know, uh, we leave such and such in trust for this child. You know, provided that yeah, you know, this child is at a good station in their life, has a steady full time job. Who sets the standard for a good station? I know, right? Um, but yeah, I, I have those. In fact, that that will that we're having to have the court determine mm-hmm. what it reads has something in there that's you know basically conditioned you on a future tell event. Us. Oh, I can tell you off the air, yeah. Okay, all right, we'll do that. Oh, what would be an example of a, a conditioned future event that you could tell us about? Like they go to college, maybe. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I see that from time to time. Don't give him there. the answer. I know. <laughs> I'm not asking about this specific one. I'm just asking about in general some future yeah. contingent things. College is, you know, college yeah, is a good, a good one. one. Yeah. Um, that that's a really good one. But you know, look, college isn't for everybody. So I don't mm-hmm. like that. If I were advising yeah. them, I'd say, look, don't put that in there because you know, yeah. a lot of people do well without college. Like, yeah, I have plenty of friends that should have never gone to college. Yeah, so it's just a waste of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's less needed. It's a whole other, it's a whole other topic of conversation. Uh, it really yeah. is. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by HyperChat Social, the attorney's social media marketing agency. From branding to lead generation, we have experts specializing in all areas of digital marketing, and we're ready to help you take your practice to the next level. Contact us today at 877-359-3399 or book a free consultation online at tryhyperchat.com. That's T-R-Y-H-Y-P-E-R-C-H-A-T dot com. Here at the opening statements, we not only value the stories, but we also value the lessons. And we really try to foster a good learning environment for our fans. That's right. We want to teach people the things that you can't pick up from just reading a book, but things you only learn by actually being a lawyer. Yeah. So what would you say is one of – because you talked about like in your – transition to where you are now you had an opportunity to work with some solo practitioners so what was some of the most valuable things that you got to learn working with them versus probably what other attorneys that we've talked to in the past kind of started out with these big huge firms and you know coming in that way what would you say I don't know because I don't have (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good answer I don't have I don't have the big law experience to to compare it to to. I started with sort of nothing and now I'm in you know I'm in a firm that's been around since 1986 we've got you know I'd say 20 lawyers so it's it's I guess a boutique firm it's definitely bigger than where I've ever been Mm -hmm. Um, but I I think you know when you're with a solo or a very very small firm you you, it's sort of like you wear many different hats. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing, the most important thing was like, I got to see clients immediately. Um, you know, and I do a lot of consultations with thrown into the fire very early on. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I'd go to court um, really without being prepared just because I was the only other option. Right. <laughs> so um, it taught me a lot of things about what to do. And it taught me a lot of things about what not to do. Let's yeah. put it that way. So I got to see, both sides because like I, I'll be honest I there were eh, some were not the best role models or mentors uh, to say the least so who was that name drop <laughs> what would you say is the most valuable piece of advice that you would give a a person who maybe is contemplating law school kind of like you were um, obviously, maybe applying to the the one in the right state would be. <laughs> hey, it worked out. And it worked out for you just fine. Just don't, fine. don't pay that much attention to where you're applying. Yeah, just yeah. just pick somewhere. But like, what would what would be the most important piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, 
Um, so for me, and it took me a while to to really figure this out. It's just be comfortable in your own skin. Like mm-hmm. I know my limitations. Um, you know, like if 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 someone with a net worth of a hundred million dollars wanted me to do their estate plan, like I'm. That's not me. Um, there's yeah. a lot of intricate tax planning that goes into those things, and I just don't have that in my in my tool belt. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you know, your brand is very important. Um, like this is this is me. What I wear. I don't I don't do suits. I'm I I try to be one of you know a man of the people. I guess you'd say <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just a normal person. Like I you know yeah I'm an attorney, but I'm not I'm not Stuffy. better than anyone else. Yeah. Um, I think that's especially important in what you do, right? Because oftentimes you're dealing with people who are at some of the hardest times in their life, right? Highly, highly it, emotional. It, yeah. it, exactly, right? And it, it's really fulfilling for me to to say, listen, um, I know you're overwhelmed. I know you're upset, but mm. I got this, yeah. right? You go do your thing and, and I'll take care of this part. And that, that really means a lot to people. Mm. Cool. What's, uh, what's something you've had to learn the hard way? Mm. Um. I think that's not a plea the fifth question. I think that's an educa- an that's a legit question. Because yeah. um, I think everyone here has had something like. So the only way to learn to learn, in my opinion, the the best way to learn uh, a state administration work in probate court is to fail. Mm. Um, every single county does has their own unique customs and quirks, um, and the only way to find out about that is to have a petition rejected or to do something, you know, wrong. So I don't know that I learned anything the hard way doing that, but um, I'll tell you, I've, I've failed a lot as it relates to, you know, things in, in specific courts that I haven't been in. And by the way, I've been in, entered appearance in like, I'd say 60 to 70 counties across the state. Oh yeah. Um, they're all so they're all different. Wow. Yeah. That's they're crazy. all different. Like, one of the strangest ones for me is uh, I think it's Richmond County in Augusta. It's a pretty populated county. Mm-hmm. It'll do Zoom hearings. Um, <laughs> so like this is I did learn this the hard way. I had a client who um, was out of state. She needed to become the administrator of an estate in you know for somebody that passed away in Richmond County. And I said, okay, no big deal. We got Zoom. They'll swear you in. No. They wanted to hold a hearing, and they wanted me to be there in person, um, and they wanted her to be there in person, and oh. she lived on the West Coast. Oh. Uh, so we, f- we we figured out a way around it, but I learned it the hard way, and it, it actually delayed things for about a month. Um, so wow. Why are all of these so different, especially ones that, you know, you talk counties. There's a generally pretty close proximity. Why Why are they – I I I have no good answer for that. I, like I, I I have no idea. I mean they I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it would be very helpful if there was some uniformity. Yeah, like a state like states I could see being Yeah, why can't they go from a template and just move on? Yeah, right? I, I I think you know, there are you know, somebody's running the show there, a judge, right? Judges have different personalities. They like things done a certain way. Um and I think that you know, goes downstream to their court staff and what they do. Makes sense. Well, we have one last segment on the show, and that is a segment that puts you, the guest, in the hot seat, and it's our closing arguments. Yes, and as usual, this week's closing (laughs) arguments, we're playing the game Plead the Fifth. We're going to ask you three hard-hitting questions, and you can only pass or plead the fifth on one of them. You ready? I'm ready. All right. 
Ooh. Dum, okay. dum, dum. <laughs> now, because he said he's listened to, like, every past episode. Ooh. So I think we have to, like, go a little out of order, you know? Like, he'll know, like, the, the go-to. Oh, I thought you were going to ask up. him for, like, the worst guest we've had. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Don't do that. I don't Why remember not? names. <laughs> it's okay. You can that, – that would be fine. We don't want anybody to feel bad. What would you like say that was that one person who did that one thing? Yeah, yeah. Who was your least I'm favorite? Pl- what I'll, was I'll your pl- least favorite episode? Oh gosh, see, I can't even like. I don't remember specifically. Like you've had a lot of divorce attorneys on here, I think, yeah. right? A few, um, a handful. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! And this is this is. Uh, you, you know, I, I thought the guest was fantastic. Oh, but, but the, <laughs> it was us. Oh, it was us. Say, yeah. it, it was it was the guest who uh, litigated attorney malpractice cases that scared uh, the hell out of me. That scared, that scared oh, me. I love yeah. that person. I know. Yeah, we she was great. She was great. Yeah. Yes. but I would imagine. I would we thought that was scary for many people. Yeah. Well, that's what I think we talked about mm-hmm. was like when you enter like a room, like when you go to like the GTLA, do <laughs> people, people just leave? like spread away from you? <laughs> Gatter? Like, like, yeah, right, we right. don't even want to be near that's you. Good. Yeah, that was scary. That's I can imagine, good. right. It's an, it, yeah. I never even knew that was like a practice. Like you think about medical mm-hmm. malpractice, I just never yeah. even thought of it. Yeah, which oh. I, it, it's important to say no to certain things. Like, yeah. like I was just talking about, like yeah, the super, super wealthy, thing, like, yeah. I, you know, like I could, I that's could, how you I could wing it, right? But that's not, you got to be competent. Exactly. Um, have you ever dealt with a dead person who you lost sympathy for the more you found out about them? Um, I think the opposite is true. So I, I, I did a will for a person that I didn't particularly enjoy. Okay. Mm. And then for he, what reason? Um, follow up question. Not not a third question. I thought he was a little abrasive. Um. But at the same time, he had a terminal illness, um, so, you, uh, you, so you do give him some sort of um, yeah. But you know, I didn't really like him. But the more I learned about him after he passed in administering a state, like the things that he did, make me smile. So um, that's not a direct answer to your question. No, but, but I like it. Um, yeah, I, he's, he's what I've learned. He's he was he was a great dude. Oh, just like during the moment. I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I didn't even think about this. this is not a plea the fifth question. So don't, just, don't worry. Disclaimer. No <laughs> is it is it hard with having uh you know a client base that are that pass on like that? Yeah, they're you know? dying. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's it's it can be. Um, most of the most of the clients I do estate planning for are around my age. Okay. Um, just like hey, hey, we gotta get the will. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I'm I'll I'll be 42 this this fall. Um, so you know, generally speaking, 30s and your 40s, you're figuring things out, right? Yeah. You may be starting a business, you're having children. That's sort of like my my ideal client because they need the planning, um, and you know, we should have things in common because we're of the same generation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Go back. What was your question again? I was asking, is it tough? <laughs> Does it get hard you know, oh. dealing with clients who pass on, right? Because that's – So I've had that happen a handful full of times yeah. where you know, I've, I've made the will and then I get a phone call several months later. That person mm-hmm. passed. My heart sinks probably for the wrong reason. And the reason is, oh, gosh, I hope I did that will correctly because it's about, <laughs> it's about to be it's you know, showtime. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, um, it, it is. It is difficult. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because you know, obviously, we, I, get, I get pretty close with my clients. I mean, I develop a you know. Friendship we have to know and, all kinds of yeah. things about them, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Last question, Laura. Okay. The heat is on. It is. So we started the show, and maybe a little bit before, talking about Emmy. What's, like, the most recent argument that you guys got into that you know you won because you're a lawyer and good at arguing? Oh, last night. Oh. Uh, and it, it has nothing to do with me being a lawyer. Um, you just won it because you're like, better. I it wasn't even an argument. But we like, personally send these episodes to your spouses when they come out, and we say, listen to minute 46.3. Right, right, right. No, um, so – so I, I live right around here, but okay. my my employer is right in the middle of downtown Atlanta. Oof. Um, yes. So I I don't go in every day. Obviously, I'm here, um, but I but usually Tuesdays are like my long day. Right, I, okay. I get there as early as I can. I usually stay till seven or sometimes eight o'clock. I mean, it's the best best way to beat the traffic. Mm. Exactly. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, so on the way home, I get a text. She says, "Hey, I ordered something for pickup from Lowe's. Can you grab it?" Lowe's? And I'm like, is that even food? <laughs> I know, I know. There's a freaking door handle or something, you know? Yeah, like light bulb. They don't so, deliver. But, right. So I'm like, yes, of course, I'll pick that up. And on the way for me means the one right here at Windward Parkway. Um, yeah. And I go there, I text her, I'm in spot number one. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. 20 minutes go by. Oh, no. I go, all right. So she was having dinner with some coworkers. I go, she's not answering. I'm going to go inside and figure this out. So the the guy is like, oh, yeah, that's at the uh, the Mansell Road, Lowe's. <gasps> oh, no. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I've been away from my home for like 14 hours, and now I get – so, now I gotta go back to Man- Mansell. Like did I didn't do that. I'd be like, "Do you have there? the doorknob here? I want the doorknob." Here. I, I didn't care. I was so angry at this point. I just, <laughs> I, just I just left. You just left. And like that's not an like it was an argument. She felt very bad about it, but uh, miscommunication. It was miscommunication. Honestly, we don't argue that much. Um, I can't. Why does so many people say one. that? I'm like, you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> I know. I'm like we argue about all sorts Everything. of things. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a good answer for that. I'll I'll gladly answer another question though. Yeah. Like you know, like my pet peeve is that I argue about all the time. Is Joe is so kind, and he starts the cars every morning. Like I don't even pump my own gas. Like he's a great when it comes to this kind of stuff. Wow. However, that's really old fashioned too. When he starts my vehicle, he doesn't unlock the doors, and it drives me mad because I take the kids to school and I we back into our driveway, which means we get in from the passenger side. Like so, I have to open the passenger back door to let the kids in, and it's never unlocked and I have to walk around the truck but you and can't I don't complain about it because yeah, then you'd be ungrateful I, well, I do like this very one. I do this very <laughs> dr- but that's like I'm like we argue people argue about this I'm always <laughs> this like so <gasps> unrelatable <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah like, like, like I could probably show 900 clips of me in my driveway being like you click that's all you do is you just you, you start the car and you click the unlock button for me that's it that's all you gotta do yeah, I and don't he's know. just like, I started it. I'm like, you're right. It is warm and toasty for me. It is nice. Yeah. I will say, if I ever win an argument, it's not because I'm a lawyer. Because like, I don't, I don't litigate. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't enjoy yeah. arguing. Now, I get into some adversarial situations because you know, again, people get weird, right? After after they somebody can. dies. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm not a good. I'm not a good litigator at all. <laughs> okay. No problems admitting that. You're just a good arguer with your wife. Yeah, right. When right. it like, happens. I just know my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of the Opening Statements Podcast. 
us. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. It was great. We enjoyed awesome. it. We did. Um, so everyone, you guys can check us out at HyperChat Social. We're on all the social medias. And just remember to give us a five-star review wherever you are listening to us now. We'll catch you next time. Case closed.